You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Formerly Bulletproof Radio. You're listening to The Human Upgrade with Dave Asprey. Today, I am excited to chat with a longtime friend I've known really well for more than 10 years, who is a fellow expert in how to make your brain work better. In fact, he has taught people amazing memory capabilities, both at the Biohacking Conference, by the way, end of May in Dallas. Go to biohackingconference.com. I want you to sign up right now while the tickets are lower cost. Jim's been there, I think almost every one of them, teaching brain stuff. And he's got uh, a new book. This is Jim Quick I'm talking about. A new book out, which is Limitless Expanded. So he's going into things like nootropics, things that are near and dear to both of us. So I'm going to ask him the hard questions because he is a memory expert. And so I'm going to see if he remembers all the stuff in his own book. And if he doesn't, (laughs) we're going to... Would you please join me in shaming uh, Jim Quick? (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for that call out. (laughs) That's awesome. I love that on social media. It's my favorite thing. (laughs) If you were actually the first guest we've had on our podcast, we were at uh, a launch party. Uh, You were doing a speech and we were backstage. And uh, we just, my podcast started on my phone. So we just passed the phone back and forth, voice memo. And we're honored to have you as the first guest. But um, you're one of my favorite people. (laughs) Thanks, Jim. I, uh, I, I like to think that one of my one of my roles in life is to find people doing really worthy, really worthy work, and then doing whatever I can to help more people know about them. And you're doing so much worthy work. Just you have on yourself. You proved it on yourself, and then with others. And it's funny because you know, Tim Ferriss was on before he had a podcast. Andrew Huberman before he had a podcast. Peter Atia before he had a podcast. They've wow. all been on the Human Upgrade, which is which is really cool. And these are all people I I respect. Uh, who are doing fantastic things. And it, it's like some of like uh, Tim was very well known before he was on the show, but it's like anytime I can like highlight something that's new and different and amazing, yeah. what you're doing that's really consistent and you're very humble about it is I remember when I did my book launch for the the Bulletproof Diet, my first big book, uh, you, you called me like, you got to do a launch party at my place here in Beverly Hills. And I'm like, what, what, do you, what do you mean? And it, it ends up there's, you know, every one of, the X-Men is there in life and like lifestyle statues and you've trained all of the cast and crew and a huge number of Fortune 100 CEOs. Like all these people at the highest levels like, oh yeah. And Jim, and you're just like kind of this humble guy who's like, let me tell you about your brain. Let me tell you about what's wrong with me. So you sit uh, with uh, humility uh, even though you've kind of like helped a huge number of people doing a lot of stuff with their brains. So I can do the shout out for you even though you probably won't do it for yourself because you're just like that way. Very kind. Very kind. Well, it's good. It's good to be back. Thank you for thank you for having me. Thank you, everyone who's tuning in to this this brainy conversation. Uh, now, to get started on page number seventy two, the fourth line down. What does that say? <laughs> Not my superpower. <laughs> By the way, if you could have answered that, I would have made fun of you for storing useless information yeah, yeah, in your yeah, brain. Yeah. Right? So there's no winning on that question. It's just a joke. <laughs> but um, what I do want to do is. Uh, is talk about your childhood brain injury. Yeah. Um, because we just had uh, Dr. Crawford on the show talking about lasers. Uh, really? And I've had brain injuries from chemical stuff. Uh, 
And it just feels like more and more people out there are having serious brain problems. So many friends. Uh, so tell me about what happened when you were young, what it did to you and how you improved and recovered because I think that's going to help a lot of people know what's possible. Yeah, the quick of it, when, when people see me at your events, I'll, sometimes if there's time, I'll do these demonstrations where we'll pass around a microphone and people introduce themselves and I'll memorize names or challenging, you know, long words, like hundred words, whatever, and I'll do it forwards and backwards. But people are surprised to hear that I don't do this to impress them. I do this to express them what's possible because the truth is I feel like we could all do that regardless of our age or background or career, education level, financial situation, gender, history, IQ. We just weren't taught. So I think it's a deficiency in our school system that they taught us uh, like things on what to learn, math and history and science, but no classes on how to learn. And I think it's an important subject. And so that's part of the nature of why I wrote this book and do these talks uh, to show people, to really showcase what they're capable of. As you alluded to, when I was five years old, I had a traumatic brain injury. I was in kindergarten class and I lost my balance standing on a chair. I went headfirst into a, a radiator. My Parents said I was be very, very playful and curious, very energized. I be, became uh, very shut down emotionally, and I it was challenging. I had sensory issues, somatic issues. I couldn't, you know, maintain my balance. Sometimes I was the last one picked for sports. I had these chronic migraines, and I didn't even realize that it was normal not to have headaches every single day when I was a kid. Right. And that was just um, that, that was that was a challenge. Teachers would repeat themselves over and over again, and I would eventually learn to pretend to understand, but I didn't understand. Oh, took me man. three years longer to learn how to read. And that was uh, very embarrassing. Um, you know, when they passed around that book and I just didn't understand. And when I was nine years old, a defining moment, I was being teased. And I got teased pretty harshly in school for various reasons. But this day was more than others. And a teacher came to my defense and pointed to me in front of the whole class and said, leave that kid alone. That's the boy with the broken brain. And that's... Oh. Um, it's kind of got imprinted on me. I don't think we're born with any of these things. It's just you know a blank slate and our expect other people's expectations, our experience and their opinions, kind of like we're forming our personality. And so that was a big challenge. I mean, eventually it turns out okay for me. But it when I was eighteen, I found a mentor. I got introduced to new new content uh, that was very helpful and helped up level my learning and my life. And yeah, I've spent I turned fifty this year and. It was just, uh, you know, I'm just very doubling down on just the mission to build better, brighter brains, no brain left behind. And I've learned so much from you and your your, your show, your books. Um, we, I think you've been on our show probably more than almost anybody else uh, on, our, on our podcast. I think we're on this quest to reveal and realize our fullest potential. Mm -hmm. And when I first met you, I started really looking at the hardware because before everything was software, meaning how to read faster, how to remember names or languages and give speeches without notes and focus. But, you know, taking care of the hardware, that three-pound matter between our ears uh, that doesn't come with an owner's manual, it's not super user-friendly. And so, yeah, just, uh, just on a mission to build better, brighter brains. It, it's kind of funny because if you have a really good brain and you don't know how to use it, you'll get subpar results. It's kind of like having a really fast computer and then you install like a 1990s operating system and it's just all crappy. Yeah, well put. Um, but if you have a really slow computer uh, and you install really good software on it, it's going to work better, right? But it may not work anywhere near as well as it should. So if you manage your hardware, get your brain so it's electrically working as well as it could, which means it's more efficient, and you do all of the things that you teach around you know, how to do something. 
right? It, it, it's the old thing I like to talk about. Okay, you can dig a hole with a shovel or you can dig a hole with a tractor. Well, your brain should be using the tractor whenever possible because you can get more done. Um, and just understanding that it's neither one, but that you have to have the, I'm going to call them soft skills that, that you teach, the techniques. Man, if I'd had those in school, I, I had a similar experience to them. I don't think I've ever talked about this. Um, I have a, or at least I did, it's gone, uh, an auditory processing disorder. It's part of being on the autism spectrum. It's part of the cluster of, of symptoms that they call Asperger's syndrome. And I didn't know this as a time of the kid. I was in the gifted program, so I was smart, but I also had like a misbehavior folder, like 10, 10 inches thick, I'm sure. And I remember probably fourth grade, they were doing some kind of a math thing on the board, but I don't learn from hearing this. I didn't back then. Uh, I'm much better at that now. And um, so they were trying to explain it and I just didn't get it. And like after 10 times of them, like the teacher just saying, you know, now do you get it? Finally, I was like, okay, sure, I get it. And I yeah. totally didn't. And I started crying because I was like, what then? That but, was me. That was me daily. Yeah, I, I just felt that when you were saying it. We never yeah. talked about this before. I didn't, right? I didn't know that. I didn't know that about you. Yeah. And I and for people saying, what do you mean? People get mad online when I say, well, I used to have Asperger's syndrome. Guys, <laughs> I've spent like a lot of money and a lot of time and I've retrained my movement, my vision, my hearing, yeah. uh, like a lot of stuff in addition to fixing my mitochondria. There's a reason I know all things I know because I had to, to be here in the form that I am today. And you are the same way, Jim. I mean, not that you had Asperger's, but that you've done so much work on yourself and, uh, and that's how it is. And it's, inter it's interesting, Dave, that, I mean, I'm sure a lot of your listeners can relate that with challenge comes change with the, with the consistent struggle that you and I had, it led to strengths in those areas that we were forced by life conditions to, to be able to, to level up because we were just behind in, in certain areas. And I just feel like that's encouraging that adversity could be advantage. I don't know one strong person that had an easy life. It's true. And so it's, um, yeah, that's, that's, that's one of the reasons why I love connecting with you and the community and we're always recommending your work. Everyone's talking about red light therapy beds and for good reason. There's a company called ARRC LED that's building an entirely new class of LED devices. ARRC LED beds integrate proprietary scanning technology and frequency protocols to shape the delivery of six different wavelengths in dose-optimized photobiomodulation. Yes, that's a lot of words. What it is, though, is that photobiomodulation improves the underlying energetics of the cells in your body. And those changes can benefit nearly every tissue and organ and system in your body. You change your cells and you change your life. For more information, visit ARRCLED.com. You know I'm all about foods that do more than one good thing for you at a time. And that's why bovine colostrum has long been one of my favorite ingredients. It's got tons of research backing it, and they're almost too good to be true, except they're real. Colostrum fortifies your gut, it decreases inflammation, it even reactivates hair growth, it stimulates your body to grow more of its own collagen, and in studies, it increases fitness endurance, it strengthens immunity, and it revs up your metabolism. I specifically love Armra Colostrum because it's sustainably sourced from grass-fed cows, and I can feel that it actually works. I've tried quite a few Colostrum products over the years that didn't seem to do anything. This stuff is very noticeable. They strictly use only the surplus supply of the colostrum after calves are fully fed. This is really important for animal sustainability. It's also been proven in several studies to have the highest potency and bioavailability of any colostrum available on the market, 
with auditing and third-party testing to back it up. That's why I can feel that it works. This is huge because a lot of the colostrums that didn't work for me didn't work because they used heat pasteurization that depletes nutrient potency and denatures proteins. Because Armour colostrum has a unique purification process, it's got about 400 plus living bioactive nutrients that are perfectly intact. I started using it several months ago and I've noticed a really meaningful difference in energy levels, in my hair, in my skin, and even workout recovery time. I even took some to Burning Man with me. I take one dry scoop in the morning, which is also good for your oral microbiome, and at night I mix it into just water before I go to bed. This stuff has thousands of five-star reviews, so give it a try and see what you think. Go to tryarmra.com slash Dave. Enter code Dave to get 15% off. That's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A dot com slash Dave. Code Dave. So that's why I, I think we're friends. We, in fact, we became really fast friends the first time we sat down at dinner together with, uh, with JJ Virgin long ago yeah. at Michael Fishman's yeah. thing. Now, you wrote Limitless actually a while ago, and it was like all the soft techniques. And the, your new expanded edition, the reason I wanted to have you back on the show, yeah. is that you're talking about uh, some things like nootropics and, and the other hardware things that have become more a part of, of what you're thinking about, which I, uh, I love because it, it's like, okay, you could train your memory like crazy or... Um, in my case, the reason I could do some of what I do is aniracetam. Right. This is a gray zone cognitive enhancing substance that's been around for 30 plus years with a very high safety profile uh, that increases memory IO. And for my brain, when I'm on that stuff, which I've been on it for 25 years, I can remember stuff yeah. and I can, I can store it and I can bring it up way more fluidly. And if I'm not on it, I miss it because I have to mm. pause to think. <laughs> so... Um, that's an example of one that that is is relatively esoteric, but for me that mattered. But I would want to start with like the baseline stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. In fact, that's why I teach people like you should have minerals and vitamin Dake. Go to vitamin dake.com, guys. By the way, if you're interested in what I just said and don't know about it already, but tell me about and those are not cognitive enhancers. Those are just like baseline, the most yeah. foundational. I want to know straight before we get into optimization techniques. Favorite nootropics? Like, what are Jim Quick's top five nootropics? So, um, you know, and I know just familiar with your work, you talk about modafinil and and nicotine, and so I'll go into other other areas um, in no particular order. And then just you, I know you're the expert at this, and you're one of the people I, I talked to before, you know, publishing this. And um, let's see, L-theanine, um, it's an amino acid. Uh, often found it's for me it's an alert kind of relaxed i don't feel so 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 jittery um so to improve uh, focus reduce reduce stress is kind of like this alert calm uh bacopa is this something you use an ayurvedic herb traditionally used to enhance uh, memory and learning and concentration i like bacopa it's uh it's also got uh, dopamine effects, I think. Mm-hmm. And for my brain, uh, I like dopamine in all of its various forms. Uh, and the ones I haven't figured out yet. And so if you're a neuro person, you're laughing at what I'm saying because I'm kind of making fun of myself. But yeah, for, for a lot of people, Bacopa can be really helpful. Um, there's an adaptogenic herb, uh, rhodiola. Love it. It potentially enhance uh, mental and physical performance, especially when you're under stress. Uh, support uh, the brain's resilience to to stress, to mental fatigue, potentially could help improve mood. Um, 
I've been I've been working out more this year than usual. The part of it is dialing in my sleep, and I know you know that's been an issue with my obstructive sleep apnea. But um, I started taking creatine, and then I, I started feeling just even mentally more energized. I don't know if that's from, from creatine. Good. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, so people who follow my recommendations, even going back to the bulletproof diet. They're red meat centric, yeah. which means you can get enough creatine if you're eating enough red meat. If not, supplement. I do both. So yeah. I take, oh, I think five grams, four grams. I'd have to look at the little packets I use. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, because of, at a minimum, because of cell hydration, it's going to make your brain work better. That's yeah. the worst case, but it probably also in, increases mitochondrial function. And There's noticed, enough studies too. And when I was also sleep deprived, also, because I could, you know, I have your kind of lifestyle where we could be on multiple continents in one week. And so there's a jet lag and sleeping, you know, outside of your normal, you know, normal bedroom and uh, time zones. I, I felt that also helped support it when I was lack of sleep. I don't think anything is truly as good as getting good quality, deep and, and REM sleep, but the creatine definitely helped with that for sure. What about alpha GPC? It's something we, we, we talked about also um, in terms of uh, increasing uh, choline levels. Which is synthesis of acetylcholine, the neurotransmitter for learning and cognitive functions. I, I like things that increase acetylcholine for brains that need acetylcholine, mm. right? So a little bit of alpha GPC uh, is all right. I also like CDP choline, which mm. I think has a, a better effect on cell membranes. It's relatively nuanced, but there there is an argument for for both or for being more CDP choline heavy. The thing is, though, if you're young, like I became a, a voracious learner about how to learn because I realized I sucked at it. This is when I yeah. failed my first semester of college and was like, I thought school was easy because I went to a really? crap high school. I'm like, uh-oh, you know, I was top of my class even though I slept all the time. Maybe that you can't do that in college. So I got really, really into, uh, into all, of these, uh, all these different things I could do back then. There's a book called Where There's a Will, There's an A, which was probably one of those... It's one of those like very, very early, I wish I could be Jim Quick books. Mm-hmm. And do you know the book? Have you even heard of it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very, very early. Yeah, it was very, very early. But I, this helped me. It was like, oh my God, there's like a yeah. technique to learning and, and to study and just to take tests. Uh, and it really made a difference for me. And so you fast forward. But if I put my hat on and said, okay, talking to myself when I was, you know, 17 or 18, or whatever it was back then, uh, and I had just listened to this episode. I would first buy Limitless, the book, and learn all the soft stuff. But mm-hmm. you probably don't need to go heavy on acetylcholine. You could try it. But yeah. what happens to young brains if they're taking alpha-GPC um, and they're taking too much of it, they will get jaw tension. They'll grind their teeth. They get like mm. tension. I know because I started taking it heavy doses in my 20s. And I would get the jaw tension. And I didn't know why uh, until uh, Steve Folks, who is one of my mentors, who's been on the show a few times, and wrote the smart drugs newsletters on paper in the 80s. Like the guy's just old school. Um, he, he taught me about them. Oh, you mean as you age, you need more acetylcholine? So you might take, you know, one capsule in your 20s. And you're like, I'm rocking it. But then when you're in your 30s, you might need two. Right. So it, it right, evolves right. over time. But generally, yes, for alpha GPC. But if, if you're like muscle tensioned out, maybe not. What, what about sulforaphane? I don't consider sulforaphane as a cognitive enhancer, but it's a longevity substance with an upside and a downside. Are you a fan of it for the brain? For, for brain health, not, not necessarily as an entropic. Mm. I wouldn't qualify yeah. it as, but to potentially uh, reduce ox- oxidative stress, inflammation. 
Sulforaphane is something that I've, I wrote about in my longevity book, but not in my, mm-hmm. my brain book, right? And so keeping your brain functioning and young is really important. Right. But for brain health, I like it. I did notice though, I was taking a broccoli sprout extract where you find a lot of sulforaphane. Mm. And my thallium levels went up um, meaningfully. Thallium is a toxic heavy metal that is tied mostly to kale. That's the, the member of that plant family that soaks it up the most. But it's present in all of the, all of the brassicas. So my theory is that it was accumulating in the extract of broccoli sprouts. Mm. And when I stopped taking them, I just had a test actually yesterday. And my thallium levels are back down to zero because I don't eat kale. <laughs> and <laughs> I try not to eat things that ate kale. I'm kidding. Um, but I, I, think, I think as long as it's a quality extract right. um, that's properly tested, I, I think it's probably good for you. I did not test the one I was taking. This was years ago. Are so. you a fan of uh, mushroom, like uh, lion's mane? Yeah. Um, I wrote about all the science. I was so excited about lion's mane at the very beginning of mm-hmm. the biohacking movement because of all this BDNF, BDNF. Right, and there are great studies, but most of the supplements I was taking didn't work. And I even put lion's mane in bulletproof coffee at the uh, bulletproof cafe on Main wow. Street in Santa Monica in the first year. And there's a, a well-known company that might have come in and sampled that and, and launched a, uh, a you know lion's mane and coffee thing. <laughs> uh, to this day, I, I stand by the fact that your mushroom extracts should be taken separate from your coffee. Because they make the coffee taste like mushrooms instead of coffee. And I like coffee. Like, take them in a pill. It's just easier, right? Or better yet, a dual extract of alcohol and hot water uh, will work better. Because a lot of the time, you're just getting basically mushroom sawdust. It's not beneficial. So yes to lion's mane, but it better be good lion's mane. Right. And these are supplements, not necessarily fall in the nootropics, but for the BDNF, for the nerve growth factor. I mean, just even the foundational things, like their omega, just doing nutrient profile tests and making sure you have your... Your omega threes, your your DHAs, um, your magnesium, because that's part of like hundreds of oh, physiological yeah. processes. Um, I don't I don't know that uh, curcumin is that it's something that you would add not not necessarily as a nootropic, but for uh, reducing inflammation, oxidative stress, turning down brain inflammation, improving blood flow in the brain. Really, really good stuff. Yeah. And I like it. They said curcumin, not turmeric. Because at right. various times before I got more and more dialed in on some of the plant toxins, it's tempting to just go buy a bunch of turmeric, uh, the, the fresh herb, and then you just throw it in everything. You can do it, but it's not quite as strong as uh, spinach and kale, but it's got enough oxalate that if you do that a lot, you'll bump your levels up and that's bad for longevity. So I think this is one of the, one of the major things that we are not talking about in the world of aging is plant toxins. Uh, so I'm kind of doubling down on that. So curcumin, yes, turmeric, occasional spice, but don't, you know, add a pound of it to your smoothie every day. You probably won't like mm. what happens to your kidneys afterwards. What about ashwagandha, adaptogenic herb? Yes, for most people, but not all the time. Um, this will sound funny. Uh, ashwagandha kind of levels things out, but what this can do is it can make it harder to reach orgasm. And maybe for some people, that's a good thing. I did not see that coming. Hey, did you really just say, I did not see that coming? What, was that an intentional joke, Jim? It was. God, look how fast he is. <laughs> but it really does do that. So ashwagandha, I like. Uh, I was taking a high dose of it, and I actually noticed that effect. Um, and now um, people, are, people are laughing about this. 
Yeah, I'll just say that that sometimes like the inability to to experience pleasure, too much ashwagandha. So a reasonable dose for most people, I like it. Yeah. Excessive dosing, I don't. So if it's in five of the things you're taking, you got you got an issue here. What about for blood flow, like uh, ginkgo? Love it. It's one of the most studied brain things. I take ginkgo yeah. every day. I love it that you're recommending that. And you put that in your brain tea. Um, what's in your brain tea recipe from the book? Hmm. That's just change over over, over time. Um, sometimes uh, I'll even put some 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 co- some of your your call your coffee in there. The, also, the danger well, coffee, nice. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, this uh, our family. That's a uh, kind of a one of one of our go tos. Um, the good to know about lion's mane, mixing it. Uh, for for that, but the, you, you can put it in your smoothie or yeah. in the tea. It's just like so, if you wanted to have a a clean tasting cup of really good coffee, yeah. there's no reason to throw it in the coffee and do it that way. Yeah. Just take a pill or do a tincture, and then you enjoy the coffee. I only want to put things that enhance the flavor of my coffee and enhance the functionality at the same time. If yeah. it enhances functionality, take it separate from the coffee. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a fan of ginkgo. Yeah, I like it, ginkgo. it's always always for for a long time. It's just kind of in the. This my family's used that and did you know different forms, but for memory, for cognitive function, for increasing blood flow, different parts of your anatomy, also also as well. But yeah, this is um, this is something interesting because I've never really talked about the, you know I've I've been I've learned so much at your events and through your work, but I've kind of avoided this. But we put we put all of these in one of the chapters because people ask about nootropics. Uh, uh, brain nutrition. Your brain is only two percent of your body mass, but it requires twenty percent know, nutrients, and some of those nutrients are a little bit different than the rest of your body. But um, but yeah, for people looking for an edge and or maybe some kind of advantage, uh, that definitely something people could look into. I also think don't think for everything's for everybody. So people, I'm not a nutritionist. People could you know go to their expert. And Dave's one of those those individuals that uh, imparts good knowledge. So absolutely. <laughs> it's so wild also knowing that you're that we have a live audience this is like a first for me so it's it's i'm just imagining i'm just saying hi to the collective again they're doing the wave right now yeah i love it i love this <laughs> <laughs> it's really cool because i i love it one of the questions that that they're asking is and this is from todd says are you combining nootropics with breathing or cold plunge or other biohacking yeah. techniques like talk about how you approach them in limitless expanded edition yeah so we we, we do we do address biohacking and um let, let's see i mean my morning routine and my evening routines they've changed over time especially we had our firstborn this year and he's 10 months old and that just is not as easy as having uh you know, 90 minutes to kind of get my brain right. Uh, it really, really happens. You know, for, for me, I do some either, you could do low cost things. I, I read uh, that the uh, Babylonians and ancient Greeks, they used to believe that everything was made up of four elements, air, fire, water, earth. And so the first 12 minutes of the day, I just have to go outside. I have to get grounded. I just, regardless of transfer of electrons, everything, I just, uh, I just feel good when I'm barefoot on the ground. It's just kind of how I grew up. Uh, so that's my earth. To get the sunlight, even if it's a little bit hazy outside. You know, our eyes are the only part of our brains that are outside of our skulls to help me kind of reset my circadian rhythm. I have to be extra particular about that to help me sleep better at night. Uh, we can lose up to a pound of water at night, sometimes through respiration and perspiration. So I want to make sure I hydrate and people could add whatever they add, whether it's salt or some kind of electrolytes. I'm sure you have a preference. I don't know, like, do you have uh, some kind of additive to your water that makes it? Yeah, I mean, it- 
since the very first episode, I think I've been talking about adding Himalayan salt or mine salt or sea salt or whatever to your water, uh, especially in the morning for adrenals. And I have even doubled down on salt since then. I've been doing eight grams of sodium a day, which is about almost four Mm. times the recommended amount from the government. Um, because I've, I've just become more and more convinced that the government actually wants you to die. I, I, I don't know another way to put it because the recommendations for sodium they have are so low that if you follow them, it raises your heart attack risk meaningfully because low sodium is dangerous and high sodium without wow. potassium and all is dangerous. So I use either salt, you know, a, a natural full spectrum salt, or I'll use something like element. Yeah. in my water and especially when I'm flying especially here you know, I just I don't really drink plain water it's always filtered it's always energetically structured uh, when I can do it and then I add some sort of electrolyte because it's kind of dumb to drink clean yeah. water that has no electrolytes it just it doesn't work very I feel, well I feel, I feel that yeah. on our podcast we had uh, Dr. Lisa Moscone I don't know if you had yeah, her on she, the show she's been on yeah she's great yeah she's a neuroscientist and also a nutritionist and she was saying that Staying hydrated, boost your reaction time, thinking speed upwards. Some some subjects upwards of thirty percent. So that's the water. So I have fire from the sun, you know, the ground. I have earth, my water, and then and some breathing. Um, whether it's Wim Hof breathing or Alpha breathing, box breathing, fire breathing, whatever, whatever. Just I feel like it just clears the mental cobwebs from the night before. But that all takes twelve minutes. I got it timed in, but. But obviously, you know, I've been exposed to so many different biohacks. Um, you know, where I'm here now, I have a hard hyperbaric chamber. That was a big part of my TBI recoveries uh, protocol, just getting oxygen in the part of my brain where I just was damaged and I didn't have, I didn't have just adequate blood flow. I just recently did a follow-up with our mutual friend, Dr. Daniel Amen, and uh-huh. it's remarkably different post um, for, for that red light. My go-tos, cold, heat, and... And, and the float tank, because of that, the sensitivity I have with my sleep, um, floating has just been really good for me. It's been a very therapeutic way. Mm. It's funny, like I, I, I don't want to oversimplify this, but my day is really spent doing four Cs in terms of, so I'm not multitasking. I'm trying to, when we switch from one activity to another, it's just, you have to light up a different cognitive web. And it, not only does it take time to regain your focus, but it also, we have more mistakes if we're trying to do too much at the same time. And also we use, you know, more brain glucose so people feel a little depleted. But generally, and I'm not recommending people follow this, but understand the principle behind it. In the morning time, I feel most creative. So I just want to, I want to create. I, I'm not looking for mm-hmm. input. I'm looking for getting output out of myself. Right. That's when I write or I sketch out uh, podcasts or I, um, you know, plan a new course. In the afternoon, I tend to consume, so I'll make them four C's. <laughs> in, the, in the morning, I create. In the afternoon, I'll consume. I'll listen to podcasts, research, um, do uh, read books, those kind of things. And then at night, the third C is I clear. I just want to empty my mind, get in that parasympathetic rest, digest, which means that clearing could be journaling. It could be as easy as kind of reviewing my day or talking to my wife about my day. It's a way of me clearing mm-hmm. or planning my day the next like you know, the next day. It's just clearing because I don't have to obsess or ruminate about things I have to do in the next day. Uh, journaling, some people you do yoga nidra, but it's like morning, I'm, an, I'm so creative and I don't want to shunt that. And I have a lot of energy. I just create. In the afternoon, I consume. In the evening, I clear. And if I was to add the fourth C, it's just communicate. And that's usually... I usually do it in batches. Like I, I task batch everything because I just feel like when I was sleeping, you know, this, it's, you know, sleeping 90 minutes a night or two hours a night for five years. Right. 
misdiagnosed with that uh, obstructive sleep apnea. I had to lean into all of these things. So I'm just kind of documenting and sharing what I do, but I'll go for get my steps in and then also do all my calls at the same time, ideally. And now it's never perfect like that. Nobody has a perfect life because you know life uh, is messy. <laughs> just like it's just like learning. But if those four C's are big buckets for me, and I try to do them at the same as much as possible, um, and that kind of just makes it easy. But all the biohacks is 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 amazing. I, I met Wim Hof speaking at an event in Boston in 2012, and cold has always been part of. And I'm not. You know, especially when you're tired, you don't really want to get in the cold, but that's something it just is just a nervous system re- reset for me. I mean, besides the dopamine and all the other inflammation, all the benefits that come from it, that and sauna is just, yeah, it's like my go-tos. What if there was a way to level up your energy, get rid of stress, and take more control of your body? Welcome to Quantum Upgrade. This is a new technology that taps into quantum energy to help you feel amazing. Quantum Upgrade has a lot of different products that help protect you from EMF and help activate your body's natural healing abilities. You can expect better sleep, more resilience, less stress, and better blood flow. The cool thing about Quantum Upgrade is that the products are backed by a lot of heavy-duty scientific studies, and there's a new measurable upgrade. You can now use Quantum Upgrade to increase your consciousness levels between 1,400 and 2,200 on the Hawkins map of consciousness. If you don't know what that means, do some research because it's impressive, it's fun to learn about, and it's something that I've come to understand. Ready to try Quantum Upgrade? Visit quantumupgrade.io slash Dave for a seven-day free trial. What if there was a way to feel younger for longer? Well, there is. Your body needs something called the NAD plus molecule to help you age well. When you're young, your body makes a lot of NAD+, and that helps you make energy, it helps you keep your DNA healthy, absorb nutrients well, and it protects your cells from stress. But once you hit about 30, your NAD plus levels start to drop. The good news is that longevity scientists have found some things that can help, like niacin, niacinamide, and niagen. They help your body make more NAD+, even as you age. All three of these are in an amazing formula called Qualia NAD+. Check out Qualia NAD Plus risk-free for up to 100 days at neurohacker.com slash Dave15 to save an extra 15%. That's neurohacker.com slash Dave15, Qualia NAD Plus. It's what I use. It, it's funny that we, we arrived at pretty much the same place, uh, right? Because I... You know, I, I had a brain injury um, and it was what Dr. Amen and, and I'm so honored. I'm on his board of directors now. I don't know if, if we're oh. talked about that. Yeah, for Amen Clinics. He's going to come back on the show soon. Um, but this is a man who really changed, I think, both of our lives just with his, with his work. Um, what Dr. Amen said was that I had uh, mold toxin-induced uh, brain damage, like literally chemically-induced brain damage and big holes in my brain and low blood flow and all that. And when I came back later, um, it had healed. So I just want people to hear that. You had a physical brain injury. I later had another big uh, brain injury with a bleed where I you know, couldn't remember anything. And between hyperbaric and the right nootropics and neurofeedback and breathing and cold, you can come back. And like, I've come back twice, you've come back. And so like, you're, you're doing it right is all I can say. And so for people listening, if your brain just isn't working, it's fixable. It's a hardware problem. You can do this. And I, and I love that you say that because it just gives people hope and real, yeah. real help. Right. It's, it's amazing. I had 
I had three like bad kind of accidents with when it came to my my head injuries, falling off a rooftop. I flipped oh. really far off my bike um, head first and just like really your brain is very resilient, but it's also very fragile. You know, my, my parents, they immigrated here. They had many jobs. So I wasn't very well supervised. Uh, like kids, I think sometimes are even overprotected kidding, right? uh, in so many ways. But, you know, I'm just kind of thinking that as a new father, but, um, but I, do I wish I didn't have those injuries? Maybe part of my wish I did, but, but also it got me to where I am today. And I just, I feel like we hear a lot about post-traumatic stress. We don't hear a lot about post-traumatic growth. Like Ooh. those individuals that come through something that they wouldn't. I'm sure some of your listeners have been through an experience they wouldn't wish upon anybody. Yeah. And they wouldn't change what they went through because through it, they found some kind of clarity. They found some kind of trait, maybe a mission or a purpose or a strength that they didn't realize that they had. And, you know, and I think we're best suited also, Dave, to, to support and and serve the person we once were, you know, that person that you, that you were in Silicon Valley where you're overweight and you had, you know, these challenges, I feel like it builds a level of empathy uh, and level of compassion, understanding for what people are going through. Because for the longest time mm. I never shared, yeah. you know, my losing my grandmother to Alzheimer's or just, you know, my being bullied or just, uh, you know, having my learning difficulties mm. or head injury. But I feel like it, it just makes it more, more real and raw. I think people are really looking for something that that's something that that's that's tangible. And but yeah, I think we're best for all of us. I think we're best served to to support the people we once we once were. So I do the work I do for that nine year old kid that was labeled you know broken and didn't believe in himself. That was fearful and getting sick every single time he went to school just because of the anxiety that I had and you know learning disabilities that mm. I had. It. It takes a certain level of vulnerability. I, I was actually talking with Gary Vee about this as well, yeah. uh, just very recently recording with him. And same thing, it, you got to talk about the things you went through and he talks about yeah. childhood and all that. And one of the things that, that really stood out is maybe 15 years ago, the CEO of Cisco Systems, major player in computer tech stuff, a multi-billion dollar company, many, many multi-billions. Hmm. And... Um, the CEO, John Chambers, uh, who I, I've met a few times over the years, um, he was at a charity event and this little girl at a speech embedment just started crying. Kind of like the experience you and I described earlier. And he just stopped and he said, look, yeah. it's okay. I had ADHD. I still do. Right. And this was one of the first times anyone in a position of corporate power was willing to talk about it. And like this guy was like, a big dog. At the time, he was probably one of the top 100 biggest companies out there. And he had built it like, up, up for, for many, many years. So he was in a position of power and influence to be able to talk about the inner struggles. And, and that helped to normalize now when people are really successful. Like, hey, it might look easy. You might tell yourself the story about it, but no, I've dealt with it. Yeah. And I, I love just how authentic you are in that. Because yeah, you you felt like a failure and you had a brain problem. I felt like a failure. I had a brain problem and I had a health problem. And yeah. learning to deal with those things has made both of us limitless. And, and, <laughs> and I think, and I'll give people, I'll give you a plug because I'm the, I'm the best in this, but something to help me uh, you know, along the way reconcile that shame and that embarrassment and the forgiveness was, was going through uh, 40 years of Zen. Oh, thanks, so, man. Thanks um, for the mention. That was, that was one of your early clients for that. Yeah. And it was something that was just came at the right time, not just to forgive 
events because uh, that loss of balance was due to another person where I had my head injury, but be able to reconcile that and not hold that, that, that angst. And then also the, the self-forgiveness and the mm-hmm. fact that everything is just very, you know, it's very measurable. And so that, that, that was something yeah, I have to put in terms of like top 10 in terms of wow. on, on, on my personal journey. Thank- but, and you should put a link in the show notes. I don't know if people know know what what it is, but yeah. And I definitely love to do another session in the future. Um, and you know, for the yeah. because I just feel like it's a nice it's a, it's a reboot, right? Sometimes yeah. we have to disconnect to reconnect. But if you could do it in a way and get these incredible, measurable, visceral results, and for the doing the inner work. I mean, we hear all about like like everyone's doing the, the outer work and exercising and and doing all this stuff. But um, but that 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 emotional thread. You know, and to be able to help with your state regulation, you know, your nervous system, be able to get into that kind of those different brainwave states. They're very, very therapeutic. Uh, well, thanks for the mention. And, and guys, if if you're new to the show, Forty Years of Zen is my neuroscience company. It, it's a five day in Seattle with the the highest end neuroscience that I can figure out on how to improve your brain function. We've actually got seven patents in neuroscience build our own hardware and software for improving brain function. And you go through in a very small group. And like Jim says, it's a, it's a, a major reboot. And the, about 1,500 people have gone through there. And it's been, uh, um, it's been life-changing. And I've spent six months of my life with electrodes on my head building out the program. So there's a reason I can do some of what I do because I learned the states. And I've done all the other weird stuff too, like you have. What's the weirdest thing you've ever done to fix your brain? I mean, that wasn't weird, but that was definitely a unique experience. Um, I mean, it's right not as weird that, as drugs, but people oftentimes yeah. compare them as to psychedelic. I mean, this was like 10 years ago. Yeah, it was a while ago. Um, and right before that, I had flew from a procedure. I had an uh, interthecal uh, stem cell procedure. Um, so that was kind of an interesting stack for me because I was always wanting to repair my brain. So I did this stem cell procedure and I flew right from where I got it done to, to your facility and in. In uh, in Seattle, so that was, that was that was quite quite an experience. I'm curious, actually, what most people have done. If they could take a screenshot of this, tag Dave, tag myself, and what's the most interesting thing you've done to kind of uh, hack your brain? Oh, that's a that's a really good idea. You're always good at including your community in a, in a really gentle way. I, I love that idea. So, I mean, I, I've done all sorts of weird stuff. I mean, I'm, yes, coffee yes, enemas yes. don't even count. But uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm really I'm really curious. Yeah. Um, Tell me about your exercise stuff, because um, you have like a section in the book on on exercises for the brain specifically. I, I want to go into that. Yeah, I mean, physical exercise is also part of it. And so I've been, I mentioned I've been more physical this past year for the exercises that I prefer. I mean, I've done a lot of table tennis with Dr. Daniel Amen. Amen. Yeah, I, I, bought a, I bought a table because of him as well. Okay, I love it. Yeah. Shout out. Do you still do that now? I do. We have it. We have it. We have a table and a and just kind of it's just it's it's fun activity hand eye coordination reaction time i get a little bit bored you know using my dominant hand so i'll switch off you know left and right hand but i feel like it's a it's a great workout also it's a nice brain break in between uh, uh meetings if i have like 10 15 minutes and i want to just do something physical i just we just know as your body moves your brain grooves the number one reason why we have a brain is to control our movement and it's not just a mind body connection there's certainly a body mind connection in terms of helping development I'm, I'm seeing this with with our ten month old. You know, when he started to crawl, you know, and do those kind of cross laterals, and <laughs> and and get his, you know, his his somatic awareness and, and his balance. Um, 
dance is something that is interesting. I, I, I like things like martial arts where I take my mind and I have to kind of put it into my body. Uh, it's because of you, though, that I have a lot of the um, the chi machines and the you know the fancy things because uh, time is of the essence. So I, I really don't want to spend you know hours upon hours in in the gym every yeah. single week. It's you're just, a, you're an upgrade labs fan. Right. Oh yeah, that was, I think I was your first client in Santa Monica. I, I think you, you were tested everything for three months with your amazing expert staff. Um, but yeah, it's just the physicality of it. I've, I've done martial arts my whole life. So it's, it's, that's some part that feels very good for me. And then, uh, but resistance training, whether it's the RX or team, any of the things that you have at upgrade, um, it's, it's important. I mean, it helps with, uh, your neurotransmitter, right? Dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, uh, produce uh, BDNF, your, your brain derived neurotropic factors, get up lower systemic inflammation. I mean, there's so many benefits that come from mm-hmm. physical exercise. Um, exercise for the brain. I'm still a big fan of reading and I know it's so old school, <laughs> but if people seen pictures of me with, you know, the Elon and the Oprah's, it's just, we bonded, people always ask, like, we bonded over books, no joke. Because you read to succeed, even Warren Buffett. I mean, there was this one time at his annual meeting that he was at the mall just playing bridge with people. And I and I I'm not a big bridge player, but I I, I went through the rotation. I got to talk to him, and he validated he really does read 500 pages a day. I mean, I was I mean I don't know what he does now, but it just it, it interests me. So I think reading is to the mind what exercise is to the body. Your if you want to grow your muscles, you give it two things: you give it novelty and you give it nutrition. Right. And same thing with your mental muscles. I feel like novelty through, I like reading. I'm not a big fan of a lot of the brain games. And I think a lot of them have been debunked. Yeah. You know, matching shapes or color, it doesn't really translate into every day. Um, that's why we focus on things that are very measurable, like and very relevant. You need to remember names and faces or client information, product information. You can measure reading speed, reading comprehension, uh, giving speeches or language learning, whatever. You could just come back to that. You can measure focus. But I love, I love reading. The only caveat is, I would say, is I, I read fiction and nonfiction. I never used to read fiction ever, but I started seeing uh, results. Just I saw studies that. You know, fiction reading. I, I think when you read nonfiction, you learn through information, and mm-hmm. when you read fiction, it, you learn through imagination. Uh, fiction reading has been shown to to have a, an effect, uh, a positive effect on your EQ, like wow. quotient, uh, the narrative, be able to see things from different points of view and higher levels of empathy uh, through the storytelling. The only thing is, I do read my fiction at night exclusively. Because and I don't want to read a book on neuroscience or biohacking and again my kind of executive brain before I go to sleep. That's still I'm looking to, you know, clear right. You know that wow. parasympathetic rest and digest. Is it stressful or invigorating to read a book on neuroscience? Um. Well, no, it's not, it's not stressful, but it just puts me in this state where I start thinking a lot, and I don't want to ruminate over all these different ideas. Uh, and so that's why I kind of, kind of keep it. In, in the afternoon for my afternoon reading. I can take a little brain break and, and, and read some read and study and research. But I've also trained my nervous system. So first thing in the morning, I'm just creative. Afternoon, I'm just mm. consuming. Um, but I, I will, the only thing I will consume in, in the evening would be more, because I'm not a big like binge watcher of a lot of television, but I will read a good a good fiction book or, or a comic book even. You know, people know that I, I, I mean, I wanted to, get into comics and draw comics and write comic books. And I learned how to read by reading comic books. And so it's something that just kind of brings me joy. And that's a big part of, you know, my fifth, you know, this is a big year, you know, brand new book, 
you know, our first child, getting into my 50s. I'm also want to bring joy into the things that I do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, um, yeah, it's something that I feel like if you, if you do the things that you love and you could add five days, you know, to every week, because most people look forward to the weekends, right? But also if you're not doing what you love, I think it, we can have the mindset where we could discover or find the love in what we do. Because there's so many people that don't say doing anything that they're really passionate about, but they find joy in, in the process of, of doing whatever it is they're doing. But there's a, there's a quote in Limitless from a French philosopher that sums it up saying, life is the letter C between B and D. Life is C between B and D, where B is birth, D is death, life mm. C is choice. And I just saying this to remind everyone that our lives are the sum total of all the choices we made up to this point. You know, who are we going to spend time with? Uh, who? What are we going to do? Where are we going to live? What are we going to eat? What are we going to feed our minds? All those different things. And I truly believe that these difficult times, they could either distract you and people are, have a real agenda for that, or mm-hmm. they could diminish you. Or these difficult times, they could develop you. You know, we, we decide. And I think that a lot of your listeners, share have the similar, uh, different but similar stories to us that you know, we went through this and we decided what these things mean. And we started looking for the gift in all this. Like my two biggest challenges were, were learning and public speaking for the longest time. And, you know, life has a sense of humor because all I do is public speak on this thing called learning. Right. Um, you know, and even with my sleep deficiency, you know, sleeping 90 minutes a night for five years and, you know, and then you know, learning to be able to hack that, being exposed to your work and, other, you know, sleep experts and having this very painful U triple P surgery where they took out my at UCLA, took out my soft palate, my U, my uh, tonsils to just create airflow. And then my breathe, sleep right. jumped up to four years. But in order to deal with it, you know, think about all the angst you have when most people just excited to go to sleep or just relax and look forward to it. And for me, it was just, I stopped breathing 250 times a night. Each time was an episode, counts as an episode if it's more than 10 seconds. So it's like somebody putting a pillow over your face 250 times a night. But even that, I had to say, like, where's the gift in this? And I found two things. I was like, okay, it's uh, it forced me to double down on everything I teach because I wouldn't be able to be productive or perform right. like I can if I didn't. And then the other thing is, is I got really conscious of my time because so many people, I think, are a little drained because they're saying yes too much. And I just want to remind people when you say yes to somebody or something, you're not saying no to yourself. And so for everything in my life is hell yes or hell no. It's always been that. Like when I'm on your stage or or I'm like with you and we're, you know, getting a good steak and just like that's where I want to be. Because mm-hmm. because when you're sleep deprived, you can't commit to a lot of things. And so it's always like it's that binary for me. Um, but that's where I find the gift in it. And then I could, you know, resolve it and then um, you know, I, hopefully it served, it's, it served me because now my sleep is, you know, it's, it's not where I want it to be, but it's still, because think of in mind, I also lifestyle wise, I would pull these all nighters as a kid because I had learning difficulties. So I'd work three times harder than everybody else. Yeah. So I built very bad habits and my career I've spent, I think I've been three continents in one week. So it just <laughs> really messed with my sleep. It really does. Um, By the way, I, I flew from Austin to Toronto and back. Um, in the last two days, <laughs> so I'm I'm with you on the you know the crazy stuff, but you can handle it now better than you could back then, can't you? So much, so much, so much better. Yeah, <laughs> because you've I mean, mastered I, your brain. <laughs> and I, I think this is how these things show up because I believe the life we live are a lot of the lessons we teach, right? And like you're you're sharing the things, and certainly you do your research, but you're sharing things that work for you. And you know, shame on us. Like I'm talking, whoever's listening to this and needs a little push. 
like going back to like serving the person you once were, like I almost feel an, a moral responsibility. That's how I got over my stage flight fright, where I'd be like, not just scared, I'd be phobic. I couldn't breathe. I would pass out, you know, just thinking about being on a, in front of like even like second grade students when I started out, like when in, in my career. But what got me over it was focusing on the person that could benefit because you have a moral obligation to, I feel, almost help people that are struggling. Because shame on me if somebody's struggling the way I did and I didn't, what you know, I didn't help them. And I just feel like that's my kind of take on it. But that's what gets me over my, you know, the, the challenges that I have. Um, and why we're having this conversation now. And so this, I think it's just, I'm so passionate, no matter how, how much lack of sleep I had and so much, but I'll just show up for the person who needs to hear something that, that I've learned along the way. What's your brain animal? So, okay. Can I give, before I tell people, can I give them like a little context? Sure. So the new book, the updated version, not only has case studies of like, uh, readers and we've sold a million copies in three years of the original book and very proud of it donated a lot to um, build schools in Ghana Guatemala Kenya like again education for kids and um, the first one was about mastering your mindset your motivation and the methods for accelerated learning the fourth pillar we added was momentum and so like how does a how do you use AI to enhance your HI your human intelligence right I look at it more as augmented intel intelligence to be able to support like any technology or tool uh, to accelerate your learning and performance uh, another was nootropics because you know once you get out of this gravity we could also you know there's certain certain supplements that you could take to help give you greater momentum um, there's a whole chapter on something called uh, your cognitive types and yeah. and again, it's an assessment that was inspired by personality types, like uh, Myers Briggs, uh, left brain, right brain, lateralization, learning styles, consuming visual, auditory, kinesthetic learning, introvert, extrovert, multiple intelligence theory. So it was inspired by a lot of various very science and psychologies. But really, as we know, the menu is not the meal, right? We've heard that, that the map is not the territory, but it's to give you distinctions and a lens to look things through. So if you think about code, C-O-D, your brain code, these are the four animals. And uh, maybe as I say this, one will resonate with those who are listening. So the, the C, because I make everything an acronym, is the cheetah. And the cheetah, the defining trait is action. That, they they there's an idea, they learn something, and they put it into action right away. Uh, they have very strong intuition. They adapt very quickly. They thrive in fast-paced environments. Um, the O in code are your owls. And then, by the way, we're not any one of these. We're a composite. But there's usually one that's, that's, that's more primary and then secondary. It's like if you're right-handed, it doesn't mean you don't use your left hand. It's just it hasn't developed as much as where your strength is, right? The O is... is is defined as an owl and is defined by owl, very logical. So these are people of data. They love facts and, and figures and the information. They do their research. And again, we are a combination of, of this. The, uh, the D and code are your dolphins. And these are your creatives. They, they can maybe even see a future that other people can't yet see or, you know, their business, like a Disney kind of thing, uh, or JK Rawlings, where they have this vision. Um, they're very creative. They're strong with pattern recognition. And then finally, the E are your elephants and their defining trait is, is empathy. And these are your community builders. These are your people mm -hmm. who have high levels of empathy and compassion, strong interpersonal skills. And just as an example, like we had our, our team take this and a hundred percent of our customer service team, 10 plus people, they're all elephants and we didn't hire for them. 
but it's interesting how we naturally will gravitate towards jobs or positions that allow us to be in our element, where we get to highlight and live in our zone of of, uh, of strengths and traits. Uh, our CFO is very strong owl, very numbers. Right. Uh, you need those. My, 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 yeah, my business partner is our CEO is a, a dolphin, you know, has this vision of a billion brains and it, it's just been extremely, extremely creative. So it's interesting. You could see this in every day. Like we take this quiz that's in the book or people could do it at mybrainanimal.com. And it's just like, you know how there's personalized medicine based on like your genetic, you take an assessment like, like your genetics or uh, personalized nutrition based on your nutrient profile or microbiome. Uh, microbiome or something. This is like personalized learning because it's like once you take the quiz, we give you, it informs how you could read better, how you can remember better, even how you could hire, how you can manage, how you could parent based on your brain type. It's kind of like love languages, <laughs> right? Where somebody has like you know, words of affirmation, other people as you know, acts of kindness and it's they communicate in different language. It's less like if so your brain type is one and some of your teacher's brain type is a different one. It's like you're you're not getting it because it's just like two ships passing in the night and you don't have, you don't even realize the other one's there. Um, because these, a cheetah invests differently than an owl, right? They parent differently. They communicate differently also as well. So an example, if you take, let's give a reference for point for everybody. If you take something like Friends, right? The sitcom, Ross would be an owl. You know, the professor, the scientist does a lot of research. Uh, Phoebe would be the creative dolphin expresses through music and, you know, and very passionate about her arts. Uh, you, Joey would be the cheetah because in the moment she, she just, he goes into it and, and he acts and he goes on his intuition and he just adapts. I would think Monica would be the, the community builder, always wants to host everything at her apartment. She's the elephant, right? And so you can see this in Star Trek and Star Wars and Game of Thrones and all and Harry Potter. You could put everybody in these categories. And again, the menu is not the meal. It just gives you some distinctions because even when you're communicating, people would fall in their jobs. Like the cheetahs would be the entrepreneurs, right? They would, they could be EMTs, they could be uh, professional athletes, mm -hmm. like, like Serena right. Williams or something. The owls would fall into, you know, data analysts or engineers or accountants or research scientists or coders or dolphins would be the graphic designers or the writers or the marketing specialists. And, and your elephants could be HR people or social workers or public relations or teachers or project managers. But you could just even think about famous individuals. I mean, Einstein could have been an owl. Marie Curie could have been an owl. Isaac Newton, an owl. Cheetahs could be your Richard Branson, your, uh, your, uh, Steve, your Steve Jobs. Uh, dolphins could be your Leonardo da Vinci's or your, your Picasso's. And so it's elephants could be your Mahatma Gandhi or your Martin Luther King's, but it, it kind of informs like your learning, the way you lead, uh, even higher manage because they also communicate differently also as well. Like a cheetah is direct to the point because they don't beat around the bush because it's, it's their, it's their time, right? Owls right. take a little bit more time, get the facts, get all the little, the, the details would speak more analytically and more methodically. They're willing to listen a little bit more because they want to reflect on and compare it to what they already know. Dolphins would speak in, about the bigger picture, about future plans, about innovative ideas. They'd be very enthusiastic around it. Elephants would be very keen on understanding and validating the other person's point of view. They want people to feel seen. They want people to feel valued and heard. They would look to create a consensus right. among people. They would even use words. They would. They wouldn't use so much "I" and, and "my." They would use words like "we" and "us," mm -hmm. you know, emphasizing group unity. Um, and so, I think it. I, you know, understanding your dominant, you know, cognitive type 
it would just be very informative of how you would parent, of how you would hire for different roles and responsibilities and how you would communicate, negotiate, even selling. You know, like a, a, a cheetah would naturally be more agile and adapt uh, to the pace of a client. Um, they would, they, they would, if you're selling to a cheetah, right? Because everyone speaks their, their language, their brain language or love language in the other way. But they would, you know, if you're selling to a cheetah, they would appreciate direct value efficiency, skip the small talk, right. you know, demonstrate, you know, and owls would, you know, if you're an owl salesperson, you're very detail oriented and that could work for some people in depth, you know, for see clients needs and present to tailor solutions. But if you're selling to an owl, they appreciate well-researched presentations statistics and case studies. Whereas a dolphin could care probably less. They want to see the big picture of the future and leverage their natural charisma for storytelling. You know, so you want to speak to their vision and how this offering fits them into a larger picture of innovation or whatever it is you have to offer. And elephants, is, forget all that. It's all about the relationship, right? A deep relationship, focusing on building trust and rapport. If you're selling to an elephant, you know, uh, spend time understanding their needs, demonstrate you generally care about their success, especially, you know, post-sale. And so I feel like, you know, I'm just kind of this stream of consciousness. But when people take the quiz in the, in the book, or we put it online for the first time for free. It's my brain animal. There's nothing to buy.com. And you'll get a personalized report because a cheetah would read things. They would skim and scan speed, right? And how we'll be looking for the details. Uh, a dolphin who's creative when they're reading, they'll visualize a lot of what they're, what they're reading because picture is worth a thousand words. Uh, an elephant reading something would read from empathetic. They want to know the, where the author is coming from, right? And see the different perspectives. Um, and so it, I think it informs every area because our brain is involved in everything. So mm -hmm. the thing I'm like right. most excited about with that and, and understanding your, going back to momentum, understanding your brain animal and the animals around you could greatly accelerate the velocity with less friction and conflict because it's not how smart you are, it's how are you smart. It's not how smart mm -hmm. your kids are, it's how are they smart. And uh, just because a different uh, perspective on in terms of, like there's a scene in, in Matrix where Neo goes to see the Oracle for the very first time in her mm -hmm. kitchen. And I think most people miss this, but there was a sign above the door that Neo walked into the kitchen. It says, know yourself. And I feel like that's why people do things like they go to therapy or they do, they go to uh, 40 years of, of Zen or they do plant medicine or they get to know themselves, right? To meditate or whatever introspection that they do. And I think we need the curiosity to know yourself because self-awareness is a superpower. And then I think on the other side, you need, once you have the curiosity to know yourself, you need the courage to be yourself in a world full of other people's opinions and their expectations, like, you know, because who, who cares? Because we're fueling, you know, if that's the fuel of our life, we're going to certainly run out of gas, right? But it takes, it's a different skill set to be, to be that person. Um, once you get to kind of know yourself and what you stand for and who you are and your identity yeah. and, and all that. Knowing yourself means you can apply yourself better uh, into those things where you're going to get the most return for the amount of effort you put into it. And I, I like this. I, I, being a cheetah, it only took me two and a half minutes to do the four-minute test. Just <laughs> You're so good. <laughs> and, it, but I like, and I give the examples so that way you could kind of see things through a lens. And everything's not you know, exactly, but again, the, the menu is not the, is not the meal, but it gives you distinctions that we wouldn't normally have. And it takes a judgment or sometimes around like the people around us because they're just acting in accordance to their, their, their mental strengths. And also the self-judgment we have on ourselves if we're not good at any of these areas. And can you 
over time change your animal. Certainly, in context and life conditions, it could change your value system and putting putting more emphasis on logic or something. I think it just makes us more of a more of a whole brain. But even when it comes to parenting, like like the strengths of a, of a cheetah, cheetah parents adapt quickly. And that's very necessary with kids. They can make decisions on the fly and can be very proactive with, with their kids. A challenge might be that sometimes they're a little bit more impatient because mm-hmm. maybe their kids aren't adapting as quickly as, as they are. Right. Or even if you take an owl, owl parents are good at planning, creating structure and environments. They can impart critical thinking skills to their kids, help them approach problems methodically. But they might also at the challenge with, they might overanalyze and might struggle being spontaneous with the kids and having fun and those unpredictable child behaviors. A dolphin, you know, when they're parenting, they could have a lot of uh, a, a vision. They can instill a sense of wonder and creativity uh, and passion. The challenges might be they might not be practical all the time, as, you know, with dolphins, with the kids, and they overlook certain day-to-day necessities. And then the, finally, the elephant coming to parenting, the strengths would be empathy. They can understand and relate to the child's feelings um, and the prioritize that connection um, and be very patient, but the challenges come, they might struggle setting up boundaries with the kids, right? They might prioritize the relationship and they might avoid discipline or conflicts. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, again, self-awareness, you know, understanding your brain, understanding your kid's brain. Um, maybe even like, you know, if you're co-parenting, like, you know, seeing what the, what that dynamic looks like, um, but in hiring, managing, I mean, it's just, right. and brains are everywhere, right? Hard question for you. Does your brain type change over time? Like as you age or when you have kids or when you get married or is it fixed? It it, it can because of what we know about neuroplasticity, right? When with, with novelty and new life conditions, and usually it takes a life condition to spawn because if you have something that happens and it changes your value system in terms of, it makes you more, something happens that makes, that's, let's say very disturbing and it creates more empathy and that's something you value, then you're going to lean more into that elephant, right? And you're looking for more opportunities to express that elephant or to to enhance those kind of traits. So again, we're not any one animal because we're, we're composite. I'm sure when you're taking the quiz, there are like two answers often where you can say, I'll commit this or it could be this. And it could be context dependent also as well. Like maybe you're a cheetah in you know in the context of business but maybe you put on more of an elephant hat like in relationships and you're more you know empathy so it it could be context dependent and it's not set just because like multiple intelligence theory our intelligence is not fixed like our shoe size you can improve your musical intelligence your kinesthetic intelligence your interpersonal intelligence uh and so much more your visual spatial intelligence through proper training, and um and that's that's the exciting part about these you know genius because genius is, is it's not someone's born it's it's built through discipline through sacrifice through hard work through focus through investing in your own personal development and and so much more so we could evolve over time certainly into different animals and also you know we make the choice you know sometimes like if you know that your weaknesses are in this area you could either go all in on your strengths or you could increase your you know the areas that you're not so good at to, to balance it out. But it's it's our choice if you want to be more of a specialist or a generalist and it really depends on the outcome that we have in our learning and our, our life. It it does. Uh, it, it depends so much. And I actually really like this, Jim. Did you like consult with neuroscientists or use AI? Like, how did you come up with this thing? It, it's kind of like a, like a Colby score or Myers-Briggs. It's lighter weight than that. And, and, and we're, and we're yeah. building it out also because we have a lot of, 
you know, like even with our speed reading memory, you know, we have students in every country in the world, so we have a lot of data. You know, this is what I've been using with coaching clients for years, and this is what I I updated Limitless because of two reasons. There's an external reason because the world has changed a lot the past few years, sure, and right. AI, and you know, all the stuff that we've gone through the past few years, and also my world, as I mentioned, has changed. Yeah, with with you know, a, a new baby, both the nine months leading up yeah. to a new baby. And the baby, it's cool. it's a complete transition. Do you think your brain type shifted? Um, I'm a strong owl. You, but you, also you very feel strong. like an owl to me. Because, yeah. Because no so I, I love the you know the, the I love facts and theory. I'm not, but also empathy. I have a very strong elephant because I think because I was you know struggling so much as a kid. I was isolated. I was bullied. I, and I'm not looking for like something. Everyone has their own story, but I would watch people and I could detect suffering in other people because I was living in it, you know, 24/7. That's why I would escape in Dungeons and Dragons and video games or comic books, right? Cuz I was in so much pain. Um, and I didn't have anyone to kind of relate to, but I would see people around me and I would know when they're struggling. And I think that made me an effective coach because going back to like I know what it feels like to feel insecure about something or not be good at something. So I never take it for granted when I'm teaching speed reading or whatever that, you know, for something new, it's 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 challenging. That's why every single month I try to pick up a new skill or learn a new subject because I, I need to feel that rawness of what it feels like to feel inadequate. Because I feel like it makes me at a meta level a better coach um, when I pull people into, you know, our strategies and knowledge, skills and abilities. Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I I have to admit, Jim, when you told me you're coming out with an expanded edition of Limitless, um, there's a lot of authors who will kind of like milk a book that way. Oh, yeah, it's a new edition, new edition. Uh, but I've known you for a long time and you, you did so well with the first edition. I'm like, mm. but so of course I dug in on it and you, it's, it's a whole different book. I mean, you have the, yeah. the core. Here's what you need to know technique wise, which we barely talked about on this interview. Uh, yeah. But then you included all this new stuff that's it's got a biohacking angle to it that I know this audience will like. And you talk about nootropics, you talk about brain hardware, and you talk about the soft skills and even this brain typing thing. So it's yeah. a it's a comprehensive view. And I just I have to say I I appreciate uh, all all the stuff you're doing in the world. Uh, and I still suck at remembering people's names. <laughs> and I would say this is the final. I don't know like about updating books, but I'm never going to update this book again. This yeah. is the the second version, the most complete. Um, I just I could have wrote a whole new book based on this. But there's over 120 new 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 pages of tactics. Everything for me is very tactical, and so I, I hope people appreciate it. And and Dave, I appreciate your 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 work, your community, your conferences. It's yeah, I was just, it's just, I just, I, I don't know how to express it, but I hope those, I know those who are listening, uh, we're here for a reason. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm grateful for our friendship. So, so thank you. Me too, my friend. Uh, keep doing all the amazing stuff you do in the world and, uh, haven't met your baby yet, but soon enough. Yeah. yeah thank you all for your, the, the great advice also. <laughs> you know, I, I always thought that I would be like, totally like biohacking this kid. And I realized that I'm learning so much more than I feel like I'm teaching just the curiosity and the wonder and being, being present and, and falling, you know, a million times with still getting up, trying to, to understand and to be able to walk. But I would say this for everybody. I, I, I'm curious for the community, what brain animal they are. So if they could go to mybrainanimal.com and post the, the picture and tag Dave and tag me on it on social medias, and I'll repost some of, some of them 
nice. then gift out a few signed copies of Limitless Expanded just as, as a thank you uh, for having me on the show. And then I just want to say that I want to remind everybody that there's a version of yourself that's patiently waiting. And the goal is we show up every single day until we're introduced. So, Jim, that, that was such an epic ending, but I, I, I have to disagree with you. <laughs> okay. If you're a cheetah, do you really think it's patiently waiting? Well, I don't think patience is <laughs> like standing by passively. For me, patience is maintaining a good attitude while we keep on thriving. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I'm just teasing you. Because uh, sometimes disagreement is fun. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, is, it is waiting and it'll be there until you tap into it, if you do. Yeah. And, and that's, that's beautiful. Let's do it. Guys, uh, thank you for tuning in and listening. And you can tell Jim and I go back a long time. And I've had a good number of authors on the show. And, and this year, I'm actually having far fewer authors on. Um, the reason being that every day, I get at least a dozen pitches from PR agencies. And they're sending me what I call Me Too books. And so a lot of these are you know, from big publishing houses, but it's like, oh, another book on intermittent fasting. Like, what's different in this book? Right. And it could be like, oh, this is one like for women. I'm like, okay. So what's different in this book versus the chapter with every study on fasting for women that's already been written? Right. So it has to have something new in the world. It cannot be a rehashing. Right. And it, it can be whatever. So I, I've just told my team, like, I want to say no. Um, but if it's something that's new and that's noteworthy, um, and someone who's is really doing the deep work, then I want to have more of those. And I'm doing more researchers, more scientists, more people doing stuff in the world because I think there's a lot to learn from them. Like Gary Vee, he, he writes books, but does a lot of other stuff too. He's just on. And so you by far make the cut because you're a world acknowledged expert in this. You've been doing it for so long and your book is new. <laughs> like it's not stuff you've read before. So guys, if, if you're just looking for a really strong endorsement on what to read or listen to if you want, uh, I would highly recommend Limitless Expanded Edition. Just check it out. Uh, Jim is 100% the real deal. We've known each other for more than a decade. I, I just can only tell you. Great human being. Content you won't see anywhere else. And uh, I think he undersells himself all the time because he's such a such an owl. I would say also this, like how do we become limitless and perceive limitless world? We do it together. Yeah. And I love this this community. And, and uh, I hope to see everybody at the next... Uh, Oh, at the biohacking conference. Everyone should register now and go. Good good point. The biohackingconference.com. There you go. Actually, no, I think it's I think it's just biohackingconference.com. Yeah, go to biohackingconference.com, sign up. There's a bunch of other ones who try to call themselves the same name. If it doesn't have my face on it, it's probably not mine. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll see you, brother. Take care, everybody. Thank you. You're listening to the human upgrade with Dave Asprey. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. 
This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media. The Human Upgrade, formerly Bulletproof Radio, was created and is hosted by Dave Asprey. The information contained in this podcast is provided for informational purposes only and is not intended for the purposes of diagnosing, treating, curing, or preventing any disease. Before using any products referenced on the podcast, consult with your healthcare provider, carefully read all labels, and heed all directions and cautions that accompany the products. Information found or received through the podcast should not be used in place of a consultation or advice from a healthcare provider. If you suspect you have a medical problem or should you have any healthcare questions, please promptly call or see your healthcare provider. This podcast, including Dave Asprey and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. This podcast is owned by Bulletproof Media.